Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to, oh, it's California, so welcome to the Propane Campfire. <laughs> I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we're two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. We wow. are in California. Yeah, that means we have left Quartzsite, Quartzsite. Arizona. Yep. And we are on our way to go meet up with some friends from our former lives here in California. <laughs> so we're going to go to LoCal, as it were, Southern California, and camp at the beach, which is always an enjoyable thing. Yeah. My gosh, the Quartzsite show, I think my favorite part of it is just the number of wonderful RVers we run into. Some from our past uh, listeners, people just at the show. It's it's, it's such, awesome. It it's a great really is. social thing to do. I actually saw a post during the week that said, well, I've been there, I've seen it. I don't need to buy a new RV, so I don't ever need to go back. And honestly, what? like I barely even know that they sell RVs there. That is so on the bottom of the list of reasons right? why I go. Well, and, <laughs> and what they sell, the dealership that's there, is really nothing that we're particularly interested in anyway. We yeah, were really. a small RV fans and they sell big fifth wheels and motorhomes, which is good for people who are living full time in them. Right. And I think them. that's probably popular in that area because that's a majority of who there who's there is full timers and snowbirds. So yeah. Well, and they said, uh, I did an article for RV Business about it, and the big seller was fifth-wheel toy haulers. Yeah. So there you go. That's what they're selling. On the subject of Quartzsite, we wanted to share that we were there for two weeks. We were there for 13 nights, yeah. and we didn't have to plug in. No, we were off the grid the whole time. Of course, we did use water, naturally. We're not, we're not that advanced yet but <laughs> we did not have to plug into electricity thanks to the master volt system in our 2023 mini light but did you know you can get a master volt system in your own rv that's right so we spent all of quartzite camping right with the abc upfitters rig and got to talk to a bunch of people and talk about boondocking and let them know that we were off grid and that they too could have a full and complete workable solution for, <laughs> for electrical needs from ABC Upfitters. Yeah, one of the things I think that surprised people was we had a sign out in front that said, we can run our air conditioner on solar. Yeah. And we demonstrated it multiple times, but I think one of the questions or one of the things we ran across is people not being overly familiar with the Mastervolt product. Mm -hmm. And boy, it's popular in the marine industry and it's just a, a really high quality system. You know, when you're out on a boat 100 miles from shore, your tolerance for things not working is pretty low. Yeah. And so that's kind of where Mastervolt cut its teeth. And the folks at ABC Upfitters, who we've worked with for a while now, they actually engineer systems to go into your RV. So rather than 
you know, saying, oh, here's a battery for you and thank you very much. They actually work to fit the systems into the spaces in your RV, but also into the way your RV works. And of course they spend a lot of time asking questions. We met with a gent who was getting one in an escape, which is very similar to things like a casita. Right. And they were, they were making it fit in there and, and work within that environment. So if you're looking to upgrade and want to be more off the grid, we've been really pleased with ABC Upfitters and the caliber of work they do and how they fit these systems into RVs. So there's someone else that we met while we were in Quartzite that we just had to introduce him to you. We talked quite a bit about a couple different things and well, let's just share it with you. Yeah. Well, we are at Quartzite, of course, and we are meeting some of the most wonderful people. And one of the wonderful people that we have met is Engel Bull. And he is going to tell us how he gets to uh, kind of vacation for free. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We are, in case you're familiar with our podcasts and being in Quartzite, we're sitting inside because it's very cold and windy today. So you don't hear so much crowd noise, but that's okay. And we're going to just have a little chat. Welcome. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. So you told us that you get to camp at national parks, kind of circumventing the reservation system. How's that? So I have done this primarily with the Yosemite Conservancy, and they have volunteer positions that are anywhere from a week to a month long, some people stay for even longer and do multiple gigs. I did what they call visitor information, which is you're kind of telling people about the park and what you like and what you love about the park. And they give you a campsite okay. for that time that you're volunteering. In fact, you get carte blanche to come in and out of the park as you want during wow. that volunteer time that you're doing. That's awesome. And you are not working for the national park uh, you are, it is an organization that supports the national park right so most of the major parks have a fundraising organization that's attached to them so yellowstone has one yosemite has one sequoia kings canyon has one and many of the parks do and even some of the smaller parks will kind of bunch up their support organization and those organizations raise money to actually pay for a lot of the things that campers actually use in the park bear boxes campsites for example in yosemite right now tuolumne meadows is closed because the whole campground is being rebuilt and that is largely being funded by the yosemite conservancy okay there are a lot of advantages to doing that because the external organization can work at a much faster pace than the national park system can. <laughs> yeah, Imagine they, that. there are fewer rules for a volunteer type organization as opposed to the federal government. Right, right. And the place that I had volunteered just this last year for the month of June was at the Mariposa Grove. And the y Yosemite Conservancy funded all of the complete rebuild of the grove 
and the Visitor Information Center and how that has all been relayed out. Hmm. If you remember in the old days, you used to go up and drive among the trees. Oh, yeah. Sure. And you can't do that anymore right. They've uh, because it was effectively killing the sequoias. So they paid for that whole Mariposa Grove plan. Huh, interesting. Okay. And how did you find this organization? Most of the NPS sites will have a link to their special fundraising folks. Mm -hmm. I had a friend before she had her child was a teacher and she used to volunteer for them throughout the summer and that's what she did between during the school year and so I learned about it probably 20 years ago and always wanted to do it my job never allowed me to do it okay. until I retired and it was one of the first things I did once I retired was to apply for a volunteer position a lot of the let's say the big name national parks, there's a waiting list. It's good luck getting in. So this is one way to not only make them better, but have a great experience doing so. I loved it because I have gone to Yosemite since I was four years old. Oh, uh, wow. Camping. I know the park upside down and always. And it was such a great way to kind of share your love of the park right. with all of these travelers from all over the world. Hmm. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Do you know how long a commitment you have to make? There are week-long commitments, and those are usually what they call work groups, and you're actually doing some kind of restoration, and there are month-long commitments, and those are generally visitor information commitments. And you're interfacing with the public to help the rangers, and the rangers love this because they don't get so inundated. <laughs> and you're helping the rangers to impart information so in doing that, are you at their information centers or their kiosks, or are you just happen to be sitting on a rock and <laughs> talking to people as they walk by? Or? So we have our own kiosk. Okay. Um, they're very careful. Mo most of these organizations are very careful that you do not appear to be a ranger, that right. you, you wear very different colors than the rangers do and that it's very clear that your volunteers, the hat and the shirt they give you has volunteer blazoned all over <laughs> it. But you do a range of things. So I would spend half my time down at the visitor welcome center, or I'd be hiking the grove and just randomly answering questions of people. That's so cool. And I'd hang out at the Grizzly Giant, and um, I know now how to use every form of camera there possibly is. Because <laughs> you're taking pictures. Oh, yeah. Uh, people are like, hey, can you take a time. picture with me? That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Do you know, like, what type of experience they're looking for? I guess if you're helping to clean up, it's like, can you lift a shovel? <laughs> yeah, they can fit a broad range of abilities, but you do have to have some kind of physical for the work camps, I think you definitely need to be able to work a little physically. Right. For the visitor information, they have just a broad range of folks. Hmm. And it's everything from retirees to school teachers to people who can take a month off and be there. Yeah. That sounds so fun. What a great way to get experience at a national park 
and also kind of get it's sort of an end run around the cr overcrowding or the crowding that's well and to get to actually share your favorite parts like you said you've been going there since you were four so like 20 25 years or something yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> let, let's 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 uh, let's just not go there <laughs> but you get to share your favorite parts like i you know i know that well for example we went on a cruise one time and in mexico and one day we took a sanctioned bus ride and one day we took a less than sanctioned unimog ride and we got kind of different stories about the area right because we got the one that the government said to tell right and we got the one that they just wanted to tell so i'm sure within reason you get to tell like the stories you want to tell the things that you want to talk about instead of having a script that you're required to follow Right. You were always deferential to what the rangers were talking about in their talk. Like uh -huh. if I'm standing at their talk, I would certainly never interrupt them oh, right, or do right. anything like that. But I also got to tell other stories about my own time in the yeah. park and what I remember it looked like. And, you know, my foggy memories of the original firefalls off of uh, oh, Glacier yes. Point. And, you know, those are things that, quite frankly, most of the rangers never knew about because they they were too young uh -huh. you know, or they weren't even born yeah. at that point. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you have a lot of that you get to That's share. That's so cool. And one of the neat things, not only about your experience camping at Yosemite, but you camp there in great style <laughs> yes yes I, I am fortunate <laughs> i have a 1965 airstream caravel that's fully tweaked out <laughs> well it's it's very original it's all mostly right? original yes. um it's quite a looker i i've really enjoyed having it <laughs> yeah we've heard we met you, we're all here in Quartzsite. You're camping in the desert and happen to run into friends of ours. And they're like, oh my gosh, you should, you should see this Airstream. It's beautiful and they're they're describing it and all. And, and I, now we've seen some pictures and it wow, it's great. So we'll, we will have some pictures to share, but tell us about the- Right, but also in conjunction, tell us about the facilities at Yosemite. Do you oh, have to yeah. dry camp? Or are you at a campground that's a full service campground? It's dry. Camping. Yeah. If you volunteer with the MPS, and just a side note, the National Park Service has lots of volunteer positions, and sometimes they give you a site with full hookups. Okay. But most of the volunteer positions, you're going to get either their accommodations or a dry camping spot, which for me works fine because I've outfitted my little trailer to be able to go indefinitely all i have to do is manage the tanks the tanks it's yeah. <laughs> always so, the kicker and my era of airstream never had a gray tank which actually works in my favor because i have a, i carry a blue boy i only carry a eight gallon blue boy so i can easily carry it and oh. then i just toddle off to the dump station uh -huh. and dump the blue boy and then for the more unmen <laughs> un unmentionable parts of the toileting and stuff, I just use the campground facilities. Okay. Yeah. But I still shower in the trailer. Okay. I do all of that. I have 60 pounds of propane on the... Oh, on yeah. The, oh, wow. Yeah. On the tongue. That lasts me living full time in the trailer 
about six to eight weeks. Wow. Okay. On how cold it is. So yesterday, we were sitting outside here in front of the camper. We're, we're camped right on the midway in Quartzsite. And we got to talking about the oven. Yeah, about the 17 inch oven. And you're, yeah. you're kind of giving me not a hard time, but you were saying every time you like talk about those 17 inch ovens, you're like, oh, I hate those things. But you actually make good use of it. And you had a great idea. You did, and because we were also talking about the recipes that we have on our website, and I think it actually started because we were talking about cocktails. Right, exactly. <laughs> as, as many good conversations yes. do. The so, important parts. <laughs> you had an idea that I think that we have to run with and figure out how to do this. So every time I hear Tony complain about the 17-inch ovens, <laughs> and thinking, well, that's all I've got. So I've got to figure out how to make that work. And I'm like, there needs to be a 17 inch challenge. And you know, what is it that people do with those ovens beyond cookies and pizza and you know. That's a yeah. really good idea. And you know, I think you might've inspired Paul and Cindy who said, we should have a gathering. Oh, right, that's who said And have it. people bring stuff that they've made from recipes on the website. I think on your website. Yeah, I think that would be a whole next year at Quartzsite. Yes, so I think either next year at Quartzsite or maybe later this year somewhere. Oh, the frog the rally. World, the frog rally. Not everyone goes to the frog rally, but maybe if a lot of our listeners are going to the balloon fiesta. Yeah. Or if it's not associated with something big and we just figure out a time to have a gathering, I think we'd like to have a website recipe potluck i think that would be and combined with a 17 inch combined oven with challenge. a 17 inch challenge so that'll be a category in the potluck i love and that you can either make something you found off of our recipes or you can bring us something new that we can add to yeah, our recipes because we have not had rv croissants we've not had rv croissants. and that sounds that doggone so good to me <laughs> so i would vote for that so stay tuned i am going to work on when and how this might happen there might be a survey coming up so that we can get some ideas about when and where this could happen but i mean it's food and cocktails how can yeah. we not do this? right exactly and f and cool people right i mean it's three of our favorite things exactly. <laughs> i love it exactly cool all right and one of the interesting things you described to me is the heater in the airstream because it uses no fan whatsoever no fan wow and it's the original hydro flame furnace the best way to describe it is Think of a very large coffee can with a burner inside of it. Okay. okay. And it basically is just a convection heater. Huh. Okay. And it's vented to the outside. It's perfectly safe. Although I have installed a CO2 detector. Yeah, that's yeah. not a bad move. I accidentally left it on last night, so I'm alive to tell you that it works just fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it, how long is the trailer? 17 feet, and that's from the ball to the bumper. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. So it today would be a Bambi, but I think you said it's a Caravelle? It's a Caravelle. The Bambi was from 60 to 64, and they changed in 64 the body style to be what my trailer is, which became the Caravelle. Okay. okay. And, and in 65, Airstream made a lot of upgrades to internal systems. They're quite different from the early 60s versions. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
And and as you said, you have a shower in there and full facilities and and heat and and everything. And so cooking and the dreaded seventeen inch stove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yesterday we were talking about and you do some pretty terrific things in that stove. I agree it is a challenge to cook in that stove. <laughs> but I have figured out I can do things like pork loins. I've made croissants. Um, I've done, I do cookies, I, you know, but a lot of flatter stuff, no roast chicken. Oh, that's, that's, that's good too. I mean, you're making the use of it. So that, that's fantastic. And you're not shy about enjoying your trailer. You dragged it all the way to Albuquerque for the balloon fiesta. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's interesting with this trailer. I fell in love with this trailer, this model when I was like 19. I always wanted one. And then the opportunity came about that I could actually purchase one. But I also am not someone that wants to have something so precious that I never use it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, I have to spend money to maintain it. But I, well, last year I put probably five to 6,000 miles in Wow. Wow, that's awesome. And I have a really good Airstream mechanic who specializes in also restorations. Every year I'm in there and we do a list of what to maintain, you know, what to check, because he's really, he knows me really well at this point. This is what I'm planning for this year, and I don't want these things to fail. Yeah, so make sure That's that it's going to work out. Yeah. yeah. And so far, it has worked out. Awesome. And then I know a lot of people who own vintage RVs, or even modern RVs, have named them. Have you named your trailer? I got my trailer with its name. Oh, it came... Yeah, it came named... Her name is Myrtle. Okay. uh, Myrtle the Turtle. (laughs) And I just... One, the name was so cute, I just didn't want to change it, but it just felt like bad luck to change her name. Like a a boat. Yeah, like a boat. (laughs) And you were telling me about how you followed the trailer for some time before you were able to get it. Yeah, so this trailer was... So there's a website. You can still go to it. It's still active. It's not owned by the guy who used to own this trailer anymore. But it's called VintageAirStream.com. That's where you can go and see photo archives of all the vintage models going all the way back to the 30s and 40s. But he also documented his restoration of that trailer on that website. So I had followed it for years. I used to email him regularly saying, you want to sell your trailer? (laughs) It was always either crickets or a no. And then it came up on eBay one night. And I had a tent trailer before this, and I was camping, and I decided this is the last time I'm cranking that sucker up. (laughs) And so I was looking actually for an A-frame pop-up, and this came up on eBay. And I'm like, I know that trailer. And I made an immediate bid, and I sent a message to the seller saying, it would be good if we could talk on the phone. And then from there, we we worked out, you know, I was just kind of like, tell me what you really want for the trailer. And he did, and I said, fine. And I, I wasn't going to quibble, and I bought it. I was traveling, 
And I said, I won't be back to California for another month. And he's like, that's fine. I'll hold on to the trailer. If you decide you don't want it, no harm, no foul. I'll give you your deposit back. You're like, I've wanted it for 20 years. I know. (laughs) Remember all those emails for all those years? (laughs) Exactly. When I arrived, I looked at it and I thought, this thing is enormous. (laughs) (laughs) Because I had only towed a tent trailer. But I was like, I'm taking it. Mine, yeah, the way I went, yeah, and yeah, happy camping ever since. That's fantastic, yeah, yeah. So, you've been camping since you were four, and you told us that you used to caravan with your mom, not camp in the same camper, but you actually each had your rig and you used to camp together, yeah. So, we would, when I was a car camper, she would, she used to have a little Scotty, oh, yeah, she used to have a little Scotty. I'd go tent car camping somewhere she'd show up she'd meet me and her little scotty and then she eventually got a little motorhome and traveled her whole retirement she was on the road until she was 88 that's fantastic she did a lot of camp posting she worked for a lot of different of these work camping groups mostly doing camp posting in local and regional parks that's so That's cool. So cool. Yeah. And um, we used to caravan together. You know, she passed away a little more than a year ago. And I, she just kind of lives on through me because I continue <laughs> right. to do that. Keep yeah. going, yeah. That's Absolutely. fantastic that you were able to have that memory. Yeah. That's really cool. So I don't know if you can pick one, <laughs> but do you have a favorite camping memory? So I knew this question was oh, coming. Right. Yeah. By the way, it's um, no longer a full disclosure, right? You listen to our podcast, which we really appreciate, by the way. The answer to both of those questions <laughs> is, the those. Same, <laughs> is the same camping memory. I love okay. it. And my mom was with me, actually, as well as a lot of friends. So in May of 1996... Probably eight of my friends and then uh, my mom and a friend of hers were all camping at the Lower River Campground in Yosemite. Okay. We all remember the floods of 1997. Mm-hmm. But what most people forget is the park had flooded in May of 96. Oh. oh. And we were out hiking all day long. We hiked to the top of Nevada Falls. It was raining and miserable the whole time. My boot failed on that hike. (laughs) I was holding it together with duct tape. There was still a lot of snow in the mountains, and this warm rain had come through. And so we get back. Um, We we, we all go to bed. So it's now midnight. I am warm and dry for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) And I hear my mom from her little Scotty screaming at me, Bill! Bill, you need to, you know, you need to come out here. And I said, I'm not coming out. It's, I'm warm and dry. (laughs) Can't be that important. And then the ranger said, sir, you need to open up your wind flap or your window flap and look out. And we were on a little hillock and totally flooded. Oh, boy. And because I had put my hand out on the tent floor and I'm like, I'm dry. I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Right. And the park was flooding. And I'm like, okay, 
I've got to pack all this stuff up. It's the middle of the night. It's mm. raining. We have a brand new station wagon that we had just bought. Oh, man. And, you know, and I can already see the, the water raising up. So we were quickly packing stuff up. Anything that I couldn't figure out to do with or do the little Jenga puzzle of yeah. getting everything <laughs> into the car, I just threw into the trees and figured, well, the water can't possibly go that high, and I'll just come back and retrieve it oh, at gosh. some point. And we got evacuated out. That was the worst but it was also the best because all of our friends, that is the, that is the camping story we still oh, talk about still the today. One. That's yeah, awesome. And it was also one of the best group camping trips I ever did. I love group camping. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah, you knew that question was coming. <laughs> I've been listening to you guys for a long time. <laughs> we sure appreciate that. All right, well... How would you like to go to the national parks? And, you know, it's a great sneaky way. I guess not sneaky, but, you know, <laughs> it's one way of getting into these beautiful places that are really all of ours as Americans. Right. And also doing some good. So Engel had a, a, has some neat ideas, and it's been a pleasure speaking with him. I wanted to remind everybody that we are very choosy about who ends up on our discounts and deals page. Correct. And we have some really nifty things that are there, including some products from our friends at the Air Gear store. Who we got to meet. Yeah, we got to talk with them. And we have some neat new products coming from them. We have friends at Techno RV, Eric and Tammy. They have some neat products. So we're very proud of the people who we are able to share with you on the discounts and deals page at stresslesscamping.com. So I just want to remind you all, if you're looking for RV stuff, that's a good place to start. It helps us a little teeny bit, but they're all people who we are very pleased to work with. Yeah, we don't just put any old discount or any old deal up there. We only put the ones that we know and love. Speaking of knowing and loving, <laughs> I love hot water. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> and I love that Tony knows enough to figure out how to fix <laughs> a water heater when it quit working last well, week. <laughs> uh, there's, so I don't know how many of you know this, but I used to work at an RV dealership and I handled warranties. And there are certain things that tended to go wrong more than other things. I think one of the biggest fiddly things out there was those automatic leveling systems, which honestly you couldn't give me. <laughs> but another thing that tended to fail with great regularity was the propane electric water heater. And it wasn't the water heater itself that failed, but the control board. Right. So these water heaters have a bit of smarts, a electronic control board, and it controls the water heater coming on and off, and whether it's propane or electric. I mean, you have a switch, but for example, when it's on propane, it has to know to open the gas valve and light the water heater and all of that. And still maintain the right temperature. Right. Which... Now, now we, I, I just want to toss in here real quick that we talk an awful lot about our Mastervolt power package. And I just want to toss in one little thing so we don't forget to say it. The only thing 
that does not is not controlled by the inverter in this camper is the electric side of the water heater. Correct, because we have the propane side. Yes, because so, we have the propane side. So while we were at Quartzite, our propane water heater wouldn't light one night. I'm like, hmm. Now this is something that I've advocated for a long time. Being able to diagnose things, learn how things work when they're working so that when they're not working, you can help a technician diagnose them. So what right. was happening is our propane side water heater, it was opening the gas valve because it would have to do that to provide gas to the water heater. And then what was not happening was the igniter going off. Mm -hmm. And that's how it lights the thing. So on a DSI, as they call it, direct spark ignition water heater, the gas valve opens, the igniter ignites the propane, and then it senses, oh, it's hot and it's going. So if it doesn't do that the first time, it tries two more times, and if it doesn't light the water heater after three times, that's when you get the red light on your control panel that says DSI fault, direct spark ignition fault. Well, it wasn't lighting. And so I know that those boards are, let's just say low bidder quality <laughs> on the water heaters. And whatever the component on the board is that lights the igniter tends to have a high failure rate. So what I did is I found the board and I took it out and I looked at the board and I did not see it. It's a clear burn mark on the board when it fails. That thing just says, nope. <laughs> well, that looked fine. I thought, well, that doesn't make sense because the symptoms are that that igniter failed. So then I put the board back in and made sure all the connections were connected properly. Ding, and ding, ding. Yep, it worked. So what had <laughs> happened is the igniter connector had just wiggled loose. So there was nothing really wrong right. other than a loose connection. So, you know, when he put it all back together, everything started working again, which means we don't have to worry about a warranty claim. We don't have to find a time or a place to fit. Well, we did have a place lined up. Yes. We have talked before to Leisure Coachworks and they were so kind to work with us in Quartzsite yeah. to work toward being able to fix the problem this week while we're in Southern California. So we just called them and said, never mind. All we had to do is plug it in. I'm glad we didn't pay them to do that. That would be embarrassing, but. Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's why, I mean, as I've very often said, the more you know about these RVs, the better your experience is going to be. But if I had had to replace that board, there's a company called Dinosaur Electronics that makes really high quality replacement boards. I wouldn't even consider buying the Dometic board. I would just go straight to them and get one. That's a good tip. Yep. So, so all, the other thing about, <laughs> and this, you know, this is model dependent and manufacturer dependent, but we tried to look at the water heater from outside, Yeah. from the exhaust side. And we thought no way could we do it because it would be taking everything apart. On our trailer, all Tony did was open the cabinet and did you move the false wall or had I already no, taken no, that we, out? <laughs> when we picked up the trailer, we told him just don't put it in. Yeah, so it didn't have the false wall. Maybe that one doesn't have because it's in a cabinet by itself. But anyway, he was able to find that control board right from the cabinet inside the trailer. So 
we really didn't even have to go outside to fix our problem. Yeah, I mean, obviously <laughs> there are so many variables on where these boards are placed and where fuses are. There are a ridiculous number of fuses that are not in the fuse box in RVs. <laughs> I was just fortunate we have a cabinet in our Rockwood Mini Light and you just open the door and in ours, there's the water heater and the control board is inside that cabinet. And so it was, it was really an easy, I could do it right from inside. Yeah. And it was a very easy solution. And even replacing that board would have been a five minute repair. So that's our trailer, but Tony looked at a trailer in Quartzite that was really interesting. Well, yeah, it wasn't even a trailer. It was sort of a pickup camper and it was called the Exo Hauler. And I got to meet the creator of this rig, who is Jason Kofrin, and he's building, he's a heating and air conditioning specialist, but he enjoys RVing and fishing and off-roading. You know, he's, he, he likes the adventure lifestyle. So he created this thing called the Exo Hauler, and it is like a pickup camper in that it goes in the back of your pickup, but the only enclosed space really is the bedroom, where there's a queen-size bed, but the back is still sort of open, but kind of like a boat. And you can drive a side-by-side -side up into this thing. So it'll haul a side-by-side -side when you're driving around. One of the ramps becomes the tailgate. It's clear that Jason has spent a lot of time RVing and has a very creative mind. For example, there's a door in the floor of this exo hauler out in the back area and you open that door. There's a huge compartment underneath, but then on that door is a mount for a table. So you have this outdoor table. Well, it's not completely outdoor because like on a boat, there is sort of a convertible top or what's called a bimini top. Hmm. And now you've kind of enclosed the open area of this toy hauler. There's a kitchen and that door flips up. Well, Jason's put curtain rods in the door. So now you've got an enclosed space if you want to take a shower or, you know, you can bring a porta potty with you. So now you've got your toilet. There's a little air conditioner for the space above the cab of your pickup where the bedroom is to keep you cool at night. And just a lot of thought went into this. It's a, it's a steel build with an aluminum skin and it's not light or small, but man, it, it was really neat. And I think a lot of people really like this. And I did post a review with plenty of photos at stressescamping.com in our Honest RV Reviews section. Really cool looking. It really is. And it really <laughs> was something to see on the back of his pickup. But even just, you know, when he took it off and had it there on the ground, I was impressed. So boy, did I ever start something by asking that question <laughs> last week. Woo! Yeah. We might have had a record responses. I asked you, would you opt for an RV without an oven? And 80 people, <laughs> I mean 40 people by the time I woke up that morning had already responded. Yeah, it was popular. It was a popular question and I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna read all the answers, of course. Uh, I do that when there's a few answers, but not 80. But it's kind of half and half, I'd say. A lot of people say, no way could I live without my oven. And a lot of people say, I've never even used my oven. 
we have used our oven. We use our oven probably at least once a week, I'd say. And I can't imagine being without it. Now, I will say a lot of people, I noticed, a lot of people say, no, I use the convection or I use the microwave or I use my air fryer or I use my induction cooktop. All fantastic answers and still available to us even with boondocking off-grid with our power package. But, I mean, I know not all of you have this power package. So you either are, we either have a whole lot of listeners who have a whole lot of great solar and inverter power or a lot of people who camp <laughs> at campgrounds with plugins. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. But it was just kind of fun for me to read through and read all the people that use electrical ways of cooking. And I wonder if you all go, if you all boondock or if you all are just, are you in, are you in a campground using that power? Yeah, and that question will remain active. But yeah, if you do not use the oven and use something electrical, what, what's your style of camping? You can add that to last week's question of the week. There you go. Or maybe that'll be next week's question. <laughs> no, no, we have a next week's question. Well, well no, we have the this next, week's, next question. week's question. We wow. have a this week's question. This week's question is, have you ever gone on a group RV tour? Yeah, we keep seeing these group RV tours. There were actually three or four of them that presented seminars during the Quartzsite show. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the ones that really intrigues me is the European RV tours. But even the, the ones here in the U.S., yeah. Um, or whatever, wherever. I mean, there are all sorts of international tours. But have you ever gone on a RV group tour? And what did you think of it? Yeah, what were the highs really and lows curious. and all that? Yeah, I'm really curious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have some, I have not done it, but I have some thoughts about how, you know, it might be, it'd be really convenient because you just like make one reservation with that tour company and they take care of all the rest. And that sounds great. And then do I love the idea or not love the idea of, of having a schedule that they, that, you know, their schedule that I stick to. That's where I'm not sure what I, how I feel about it. So I need your input so I can decide if we should book one. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few thinker abouters in our own world. And you know, you can answer that question or ask any question on the Friendly and Fun Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. And that's linked on our website in the upper right corner with all of our social links and all of that. And while you're on the website, did you know that you can sign up for our once a week newsletter? Absolutely free. Absolutely free. We have links <laughs> to stories and videos and podcasts. Anything that we find that we think will help you get the most out of your RV experience. So just visit stresslesscamping.com, sign up at the bottom of any page, and know that what we're going to do with that is send you one email a week. We're not going to share it, sell it, use it for anything else, spam you. We're just going to keep you in touch. Yeah, that's it. And while you're there, you know you can find the notes for this episode, which happens to be episode number 188, on the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com. And as Tony said earlier, don't forget the deals and discounts page for the best deals on things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure. And of course, if you have a great deal that our audience will appreciate, let us know. We would love to talk to you. You can contact us, or if you have a question, you can contact us. There's a 
contact, contact us page us. right <laughs> on the website. And of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free. It's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher and we <laughs> are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire and a review will help others find this podcast and we appreciate all the reviews and would love to just continue to learn more from you and hopefully provide information that you find useful and we did get a review this week and it says rvpedia and this was from dr zip on apple Podcasts. and they said exactly what i was looking for experience in the industry plus lots of very knowledgeable guests add to that a curated sense of humor thanks you two i'm not so sure how curated it is <laughs> i think it's more peggy well, it's I curate, rid of some yeah. of my terrible dad <laughs> some jokes. Some of your terrible sense of humor. Oh, <laughs> man. I love that They know dad it's jokes. curated. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gosh, what a huge pleasure it was to meet so many of you at the Quartzite Sports Vacation oh, and yes. RV show. The number of people who came up and said they appreciate what we do, it just makes really good our for way. Our hearts. Yeah, and so thank you so much. And we're just grateful that we're able to provide useful information to you that makes us happy in fact happy camping we hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure we're honored by your reviews on apple podcasts which helps others find us too don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure and we look forward to your joining us next week until then happy camping Experience in the industry plus lots of very not. Talk on it. Just hello.